Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the college series here on the Splitting Uprights podcast. Today, before we get talking to our Mississippi State player, we're going to hear a quick ad from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. Today's interviewee, Tyler Smith, a place kicker from Mississippi State, as well as Harden Simmons. He was a close buddy of mine back in our days at Capel, but we're going to stop wasting our time. Sandy, hit the play button. We got Tyler Smith on with us today. Tyler was a place kicker at Harden Simmons University, Division Three in Texas and Mississippi State. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a Razorbacks guy, and Mississippi State has inflicted. Tyler and Mississippi State have inflicted a lot of pain on me and my constituents over the last three to four years. So we're going to try to stay away from Mississippi State for as long as possible. So let's go back to high school a little bit. Drew, you played with Tyler, so you know him a little better than I do. Um, yes. We're going to start with over-under on the longest field goal Tyler Smith has made. Tyler, this is off the tee. This isn't with a snap and hold. This is just off the tee, you know. So, Drew, we're going to start off with the standard number, 54 and a half yards. I, I, easy. I think that's over. Tyler? Hey, life's too short to take the under. It is over. <laughs> 57 yards was my longest one. Let's go. I, I believe – 57 may be my longest as well. I don't remember how far – we had a windy game, Tyler. Yeah. We were playing uh, Austin College in Sherman last year, and the wind was blowing. So, you know, you're feeling – in pregame warm-ups, you know, you're trying to show out, and oh, the yeah. wind's blowing so much. You don't have to expend that much energy, so you're going hard. I don't remember if I hit – I may have been short on 59. I don't know. But 57 I do remember. So, you and I are in the same boat here. So, yeah. we, got, we got a little connection. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Tyler, you played with Drew at Capel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had Connor Chode on, a teammate of y'all's, yeah. the other day. He was a deep snapper at Texas A&M. And, Tyler, what we were trying to explain to Drew is, for specialists, you, you kind of get recruited by your numbers in high school, but you kind of don't as well. Your film, the yeah. more important thing is you're as good as what Jamie Cole says you are mm. or Chris Taylor. <laughs> so can you kind of walk yeah. Drew what the process is like for a kicker? You know, yeah, so, yeah, so really for a specialist to get recruited, it's all about going to these camps – that Jamie Cole puts on, Chris Saylor. I never went to really any Saylor camps. I was more of a Coles guy. So I would go to his camps, and then he would then rank you based off your stats of that weekend of how you performed. And then for me, too, as well, as I was creating my own stats through the games and creating my own highlights, and I was sending those to the college coaches and recruiters. So really, a specialist has to recruit himself and sell them to their college programs. And then another big thing was that these colleges also throw on camps. So during your junior summer going into your senior year, you are having to hit these 20 to 30 camps nationwide that you want to go to to get exposure. Because that's the college coaches, when they go to the games, you got to play good because you're not going to be on the recruiting chart. They're over there looking at the quarterbacks, receivers. So that's when really when you go to these camps, you really do your exposure. I mean, that's so true. And that's actually, Tyler, a quote that we use from Connor's episode. You, you sell yourself. Yeah. You know, you, you do these camps and everything. Uh, I, I play – I was fortunate enough to play in a high school where we had a bunch of Division One guys. So, we had, you know, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Bobby Petrino, all these guys coming in the high school. And I'm thinking, hey, that's going to help me get seen. Like, I don't have to do much. And I was also playing club soccer at the time. So, I didn't really do the camps as much. Uh, we did pro kicker camps. But those aren't, like, the spotlight camps that get you seen by anybody. And I noticed that – you know, I see all these kickers around me getting attention. I'm like, what's – I mean, I'm putting up really good numbers in high school. What's going on? I haven't missed a kick for darn sake in the last two years. Like, what's going on? And, and that's the truth, man. You go on YouTube, you see the Coles videos, and, and these guys, you know, the top ten guys. And really, that's what these colleges are looking for. So, that's, that's kind of what life is like for a kicker. You got to go to these camps or you're not going to get seen. That's the simple gotta, reality of it. You got to get in the spotlight. You got to find a way to get in the spotlight. That's right. So – Walk us through your recruiting. You, obviously, you started at Hardin-Simmons. Mm-hmm. Drew and I went to Hendricks Division Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never played Hardin-Simmons, but we played Texas Lutheran, who uh, y'all play at yep. Hardin-Simmons. So, uh, can you walk us through the recruiting process while you were at Capel? Yeah, so I, the reason why I took Hardin-Simmons right off the bat, too, is because they gave me a quote-unquote full scholarship. I put quotes on that because D3 does not give out scholarships. And so, I got – the opportunity to play at Hart and Simmons 
on a full ride basically through academics and it was always I always knew my talent was good enough to get me to D1 and I, I had been told by coaches just too that hey like you can play D1 you can do this and so I knew Harden Simmons was just going to be a stepping stone for me it's going to be a place where I can get some playing time under my belt I knew I could beat out the senior guy who was there and which I ended up doing and I ended up putting up some pretty good numbers and just through that I was able to put a quality film out and send it to different SEC big 12 schools and boom Mississippi State jumped on me right after the season ended because they were having some kicking issues in that 2016 season and coach Mullen and coach Boniel gave me the opportunity to how to take it you can't pass up SEC uh, for sure, you don't want to because that's the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, I, I played with – I didn't play with him. I went to a pro kicker camp when I was in eighth grade with Adam McFain. He was a junior kicker out of Greenwood, Arkansas. They put up massive numbers, so you get the chances to kick 10 PATs a game almost. He walked on at Arkansas. He had offers to all these Division two schools, but he took a chance on himself, and he walked on at Arkansas. And there was another kid coming out of Argyle, Texas, Number nine kick, ranked kicker in the country. I remember his name. I'm not going to say it just because, you know, I don't want anyone tracing him back anyway. But if you know who he is, you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Adam took a chance on himself, goes walks on to the University of Arkansas and wins the job and ends up having a really good career for himself over those last three years that he played. So I've always been a fan of people who take a chance on themselves. And, you know, I'm with you, Tyler. It's like there are a lot of great spots out there to go kick but there are so many kickers out there as well. It's like yeah. these, these SEC teams, you know, top to bottom from the first string quarterback to the third string, you got some really talented backup yeah. quarterbacks, but there's not sp space on the roster that these kickers and who the heck wants to go sit behind another kicker, you know, especially mm -hmm. if they're aged. So I get that, but that's awesome about Mississippi state. But I do want to go back to Harden Simmons for a second. Cause it's yeah. not every day we get a guy who can do both. He did division mm -hmm. three and he did division one. So can you kind of take us back to your days at Harden Simmons and, because y'all play in a loaded conference. Yeah, so Mary Harden Baylor is like our top rival. And with D3 too, you know, if you don't win your division, you're not making it to the playoffs. It's very difficult to do that. And so thankfully my freshman year when I played, we made it to the playoffs and we played Mary Harden Baylor. And them guys, those guys can play. They're, they shouldn't be in the D3 level. They can be in a D2. And it really – D3, you see the guys who play because they love the game so much. They're not there to just – they're there to get an education, but they're there because they don't want to stop their career in football. And so there was definitely a big brotherhood with everybody in that team, in that atmosphere. And it's a small school, and being in a small school, you're the big fish, and everybody looks up to you, which was a pretty cool thing, I thought, at Hardin Simmons. Well, and Drew, maybe the biggest misconception about Division Three is we got some freaking ballers in Division Three. Yeah. There are some people that can play. I know there was one guy who was before me, and uh, they said he ran back 12 touchdowns. So he averaged returning a touchdown every single game, and his longest one was 110 yards. And he was yeah, cat. there's he cats was all cat. over. There's cats all over the Division Three level. You know, Hendricks, we had a few, but um, – I know Mary Harden Baylor is, you know, being in Texas, like like you said, it's one of the pristine programs here where it's just like it's big. They got ballers left and right there. It, the reason why I bring up Harden-Simmons, Tyler, is when Drew first told me about your background and that you had played at Harden-Simmons, at first I thought maybe you had been at Mississippi State for three years and then transferred to Harden-Simmons this past year. Now I know it's the other way around. Um, Harden Simmons has a we like I said we never played Harden Simmons although my head coach is one of his best stories is from when he played at Austin College against Harden Simmons anyway this past year uh, the first walk off game winner I hit in college in my last was against Texas Lutheran who went on to beat Harden Simmons the week after and that win because Harden Simmons beat uh, because TLU beat Harden Simmons was so big for us because that was going to help our case in the playoff race like to get into the playoffs. Now, we actually ended up losing on two Hail Marys in consecutive home games to knock us out of the playoffs. But that's why Harden-Simmons has a close place in my heart. But, dude, you're so right about Mary Harden-Baylor because they dominate. Now, they got smoked this year in the semifinals, I believe, of the NCAA tournament. But that's one thing I always like bringing attention to people about Division Three, especially you guys in Texas, man. That conference is loaded. You got Harden-Simmons, Mary Harden-Baylor, and – LC, Louisiana College is in that, too. And it, it really – D3, the competitive level – 
it's so equal. You know, you do have like your top dogs and everything, but really any given Saturday, someone can come out winning. And that's why I loved about D3 and the competitiveness. Like there was no LSU, Alabama, you know, going to roll over Vanderbilt. It's you never knew who was going to come out winning. You mean roll over Arkansas, right? That's what you meant to say? Yeah. I I decided not to put that on you, Sandy. (laughs) Staying away from Arkansas. Hey, I appreciate that, Tyler. But, hey, let's let's get into it. We tried to stay away from it as long as we can. Let's talk Mississippi State. So, you were talking about uh, moving on from Harden-Simmons, Mississippi State. Can you kind of go more into that? Is it Mississippi State just because they offered you that chance? Yeah. So, they – well, a little history back. My mom actually went to Mississippi State. So, when I was given the opportunity to go play there, it was like, I had to, like, it was a done deal. I had family go there. It's a big opportunity for me and my family just to have that history to say that I played there and went there. And also, again, it was the only SEC school that offered me right off the bat when I put my name in the transfer portal. And so I knew I couldn't just sit and keep on waiting for other colleges to come. I knew I had to take that opportunity right away. And so that's what I did in a matter, I guess, one week from the end of my fall semester to the spring semester I was moved in Starkville so yeah no that's that I mean that's awesome obviously to get the chance to play in the SEC um is an opportunity I think many kids would love to have uh is there was there like a I guess a recruitment process type thing or were was it hey like I mean I'm more so for the other schools I'm sorry like as in like were there other opportunities where they had called you after you'd already kind of committed to Mississippi State or was it Mississippi State all the way every day all day so I kind of treated that recruiting process too the way as high school I would send out my film that I had for that freshman year and uh, the only other school that really contacted me was New Mexico State and I hadn't even sent them anything they came to me but I was like so hard set on Mississippi State and SEC that I was not going to give up that opportunity. So that's what I did. No, 100%. I think that's, you know, I, I just wanted to know for, you know, yeah. a kicker's fake or even more so a Division three guy going to Division one because you don't ever really see that. Mm-hmm. Once, D, once D3 guys kind of get in D3, they're kind of stuck. I wouldn't say stuck, but they're, they're there for their full mm-hmm. years. Um, but in my opinion, is why, why – uh, Mississippi State, like, are they are they just as big in the SEC and, and with football as, like, Alabama, or is it – or could you tell there was a different tier? Uh, they – Dan Mullen has done a great job of bringing Mississippi State back on the map. I mean, we are consistently getting nine wins a year, and then we're just one – we're just one LSU game away, one Auburn game, one Alabama game to get in that 10 to 11th win season. And, obviously, that school up north is always a toss-up, so – I mean, Mississippi State competes in the West and competes in the SEC and has all the resources. We have four guys in the top 100 in the NFL this year. So it shows you that at State, things are possible. You can get your shot. Yeah, no, and, you know, obviously, you know, Dak Prescott being the quarterback at the Cowboys is is a big thing, and Mississippi State's linked with Dallas, uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like, until he's gone. Um, But – what is uh what was your first day of fall camp like? Um was there any was there any memorable stories of your fall camp your first year at Mississippi State? Yeah. Fall camp was brutal. We called it the farm. That's where we're at. And uh so we weren't we didn't even do fall camp at the facility. We would go to where like the intramural fields were at, which is just no trees, no nothing, just boom and sun hitting you. And the only shade you had was like two tents that they set up and we had an awful first day of practice. I remember we were going through a, a fake punt and one of our guys messed up and we had missed every field goal too before that. And Coach Mullen goes, all right, just start running. And for two hours straight, we were running gassers. That was my first fall camp practice. That's, that's tough. And you know. it was brutal. It was a probably, it was probably, 98 degrees but 100 percent humidity so you can't breathe in no air oh gosh i'm gonna puke in my guts up yeah we 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 don't have great memories um in mississippi we had one of our hottest games played there but um i i asked uh you know choke the same question do you remember at coppell whenever the baseball the pitchers were were you know gonna pitch do you remember they used to play games yeah they 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 were playing the batman games in the turf room and everything Exactly. Picture, picture life, that's where it's at. 
Well, my question to you is, were there, did you guys play any games, you know, talking to Sandy, getting to know some specialists a little bit more? You got a little bit of time on your hands extra during <laughs> oh. practice. Were there any, like, I guess, sideline side shenanigans always, or we, games? We, we always working, Drew. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> we always working. No, uh, we, we had this game called Punk Golf. And so what we would do is, like, we'll have, like, a little bag that we had our, like, footballs in or we'll go get a trash can. And we'll just go from – we could be 100 yards away or we could be 20 yards away and be like a par three, par four, par five, and just try to get the football into the trash can any way possible. That was, those were, that was the go-to game. That was the go-to game. We also played rock, paper, scissors a lot. I would say I'm an expert at rock, paper, scissors. Man, uh, you know, here's the thing, Tyler, with you kickers at Mississippi State. I mean, you were talking about fall camp and how you all go to the <laughs> farm. But surely y'all have like more space to do stuff. You have the indoor. You, we we got to tell the kickers at Mississippi State to get creative. Here's what we did, Tyler. I mean, you know, the at high school fields, you have the giant overhead lights, the floodlights that shine on the field and stuff. Sometimes we'd kick at that thing to try to see who could hit it because you had to hit a pretty straight ball if you're going to hit it. The only problem is the natatorium is right behind that floodlight. So if you miss, it, you might hit the wall, the natatorium, and it's all glass pane. Drew remembers this. So that was one thing. We did sideline catches. Uh, practice golf some of the times so we had a version of punt golf it's not exactly the same as yours but I like yours because that's what I used to do in high school with, with field goals is we would um I guess it was kind of punt pass kick yeah well we would do punt pass kick essentially which was a lot of fun and the, the only thing is when you have the punters out there sometimes it's, it's just as good to hit a little rugby kick a squibbler that goes down the field that bounces a lot and you get it you get a a lot more action than just hitting a regular punt because if you had a nice spiral sometimes it might bounce backwards you never know so it's like doing your best and, you know, punt, pass, kick. May not equate to great practice, but, dude, for sure, specialist games are the best. Um, I have to ask you about this real quick. If I remember correctly, did y'all not have two specialists taken in the NFL draft recently? We uh, – I guess it was the 2017 draft. We had Logan Cook, opponent for Jacksonville Jaguars, and Hunter Bradley, long snapper for Green Bay Packers. And they are tearing it up. Yeah, I remember those names. And I remember Logan when he was at Mississippi State. You know, it, the specialists in Mississippi State are pretty solid, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. But. We produce specialists at State like we produce specialists in Coppo. Coppo is the specialist you, I would call that. You hear, you heard it here first, Sandy. I mean, Caden, Cho, me. I mean, you had Nick Jordan for UT. Spencer, mm-hmm. he was in Oklahoma. Bernardo, punter exactly. at Kansas State. Exactly. It's, it's a special specialist use. Specialist so specialist you. Is there a, um, you know, playing in Mississippi State, I'm obviously you, you play in the West, you play against mm-hmm. Bama, you play against LSU. Mm-hmm. Is there a, maybe a non-conference game that was just uh, unforgettable, the experience, or is the SEC West just top dog when it comes to playing at LSU and at Bama? Our non-conference games have been a struggle. Because, you know, they schedule those 10 to 12 years in advance. So, I know – well, we're supposed to play North Carolina State this year, which would have been a pretty big one. And I know we play Arizona State in five years. So, non-conference was a struggle. I think my most memorable one for that was against L.A. Tech at L.A. Tech. And that's just because we had that 93-yard fumble that we just could not pick up for a stinking touchdown. And that was just, just something so funny that we just all laugh about still today when we talk in the group chats. So that was probably my most memorable non-conference. But with the SEC West and just in the SEC in general, you play, those games are just so hyped. Just the atmosphere, the noise level. I remember waking up on Sunday mornings with my ears still ringing because of how loud the stadiums were playing in. And so just nothing compares to that. Tyler, that's something I try to explain to Drew. You know, he's a, he's a Notre Dame fan. He's in Big 12 country. And you guys hit on it earlier, talking about Division Three, And y'all would know this, too, from Capel, because y'all play in an insane division full of talent. Like, to make it the state alone just with who y'all have to play is, is insane. Like, the talent y'all have to go Ridiculous. through. Um, and you were talking about with Harden-Simmons. Any week, any given week, someone can get you. Um, but in the SEC West, dude, it is – dog eats dog and I try to explain to these guys like there I don't think there's another conference in in the country where it's week after week once you get in the conference play yes Texas A&M may be seven and four but 
who did they lose to in those four games? They lost to Alabama. They yeah. lost to LSU. They lost to Clemson. They lost to Georgia. They're yeah. not a bad team. They just yeah. play really good teams. These, it's like they're knocking each other off, and that's a testament to how good Alabama has been in recent years yeah. with their sustained dominance. Now, obviously, you had LSU come up this year and do something special. Auburn's been decent at times. Yeah. But in the SEC, it's just so hard to win. So can you kind of help Drew figure this out as someone who's not someone involved in the SEC, especially the SEC West? It's day in, day out, isn't it, Tyler, with these opponents? Yeah, Drew, when's the last time Notre Dame won a national championship? Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that score that they had against Clemson in the playoffs when they shouldn't have even been in there? I mean, I I don't disagree with that, but the Bama game, we were outmatched when they played the national championship uh, I think in like 2012, I believe. Or I think Manti Taylor's still looking for his girlfriend. I don't know about that. I, mean, I don't think anyone can find her, but <laughs> um, or ever has actually. But yeah, no, I mean Notre Notre Dame is one of the most prestigious yeah. colleges in the entire yeah. college football. But yes, our history has not been great to us recently. But you can't. We've got like 13 national championships. Step Maybe. up. I can't. I can't really talk too much because Mississippi State has zero national championships <laughs> for zero sport for all sports. So we have known for choking, but we're gonna be. We're gonna be there. We're gonna be there. Drew, let it be known. I, I didn't. I didn't call. That was an. That was an uncalled for shot from Tyler. I in no way was I trying to egg him on to get at Notre Dame. I was just talking about you know the schedule. But <laughs> it should be known, Tyler. You know Notre Dame. I don't remember the last time they played an SEC team out of conference. Well, it was going to be this year. It was going to be these guys. They played Georgia. Then they played Georgia. They did. You're right. They played Georgia, which was a good game. They played well that game. I'll give them that. But Georgia was – they're a tough team. It is, Jake it's Fromm. A, I mean, that's right, Jake Fromm. And we, we were talking to Connor about this, and it didn't even occur to me that the, the quarterbacks y'all played against last year, you guys went against Tua, Bo Nix, Joe Burrow, he had Trevor Lawrence yeah. by basis in non-conference, so that's saying that's yeah. a little extra. Play against Jake Fromm, play against Jalen Hurts when he's at Alabama. That guy's the smoothest guy I've ever seen. Dude outran all our cornerbacks, and he he looks like he's running slow motion, but it's just his form is so pure. He just smokes everybody. That dude's that dude's good. Tua, unbelievable. Felipe Franks was good. If you if you had to rank them, um, how would oh. you rank them? Uh, I, know, I know it's tough. I know it's I, tough. But. I, I, I'm going to be biased. I'm going to put my boy Fitzy and KT Thompson up top because, you know, that's those are my boys. Uh, Jalen, Tua, Joe Burrow. I played Joe Burrow really his, uh, his first year at LSU. I didn't play with him last year. And so – but he's up there. Jake Fromm's up there. Oh, gosh. All the Ole Miss quarterbacks can be at the very bottom. Yes, sir. Don't forget. Just forget Ar- them. Arkansas quarterbacks are right I, above well, them. Well, Arkansas, I don't know. You never know which one they're starting <laughs> on Saturday. It's like they got a new one every single week. So. This, this podcast has become a rip on Arkansas podcast <laughs> every time we bring an SEC guy on. <laughs> yep. Who's the one who's ripped on the most, Drew? Uh, yourself. That's right. <laughs> They need to stick with Jefferson. That dude's a baller. Hey, that's one thing that Tyler and I can agree on, though. Ole Miss hate. Good old-fashioned Ole Miss hate. I tell you what, though, Tyler, I do love Oxford. I don't know if you've ever been to Oxford. Like, for... I've, been to, I've been to Oxford, and I will be saying Oxford is better than Starkville. I will, I will go down saying that. And I'm okay I, I would that. be okay living my life not knowing what other SEC towns look like. I pers- biased, obviously, Fayetteville's pretty in the mountain area, the Ozark Mountains. Um, very pretty just beautiful but oxford i mean if you gave me oxford i'd be happy i don't have to see another college town because that's that's a perfect college town i've been to a few games and it's nice there but i'm glad that's something we can agree on hey tyler i I hope you know we are going to clip that and post that all over the mississippi (laughs) 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 but let me ask you this obviously you played against a lot of nfl talent you know with bam at the receiver position but you guys played against acu and there's a guy from Coppell named Josh Fink. Was he the yeah. best receiver you guys played against in all in the, uh, your entire career at Mississippi I'm State? You, a- <laughs> ACU needs to give that man the ball. Feed Fink. Feed Fink. Dude, that man, he had our safeties and corners and linebackers shook. Dude, dudes can play. 
I've always felt like he could go higher than ACU. I think he thought so too, but man, he left a legacy there. He oh, left a sure. legacy. And so dude, it was awesome seeing him play at such a big stage and showing like how good he really is and how a lot of colleges overlooked him. Yeah, no, I, I saw him at Baylor, I, I believe the year before, if not the same year. He got touched on that game. Yes, he did. And it was awesome to see. Um, but can you kind of talk about really, I just want to know kind of about the LSU receivers and the Bama receivers. What, what is it like watching them uh, from the sideline? Cause obviously we see them on live TV, but um, I feel like, you know, obviously playing with someone like a Charles West, guys who are just fast, um, yeah. watching it in person is different than watching it on TV. Can you kind of explain what that is like? It's like they went on NCAA 14 and put the speed at 100. Those guys are freaky fast, and it just makes it unbelievable how quick off of one cut they're five yards open. And then they catch the ball, and from that five yards, they run another 25 for a touchdown. It just amazes me how – agile they are and how just just beast they are I mean those boys all of those receivers obviously go into the league and it just amazes me how first of all it's on the coaches and just amazes me how their high their IQ is on the football field on knowing are uh, the corners at 12 feet at 12 yards deep and he's sitting so I'm gonna go curl around him for 14 yards and then it just amazes me what they can do. Wish I could do it. I'm just a kicker. Hey, you, you, you are people too. We're, we're for the brand on this podcast. Hey, for the brand. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. <laughs> Specialists are people too, man. Um, but what, what is the best away environment that, that you've ever been at? Um, you know, we talked to Wiley Green earlier. He talked about LSU and how he literally felt like his body shaking. Uh, is there just a – is there – can you name one, I guess, away stadium and fan base yeah. that's kind of the, the best? You got, you always got to say LSU because that stadium is always rocking. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter how loud your sound system is during practice. It does not compare to the sounds at Death Valley. So I'll always say LSU. Alabama was a crazy game too because it's like we kicked off at 11 o'clock in the morning. and. 11 o'clock kickoffs are kind of brutal for the fans. They're still out there tailgating and trying to get their Bloody Marys in, just trying to get things going. And so it's like 11, at 10.30, we're out there warming up. Stadium is empty. We run out at 10.50, and it's the 100,000 fans screaming. It was crazy. That's an atmosphere that I loved at 11 a.m. 11 a.m. and it's rowdy. Yeah, you got, you got to love the, the crazy tailgaters um, who are drunk at 8 a.m. in the morning yeah. of the game day. Um, you know, obviously you guys, you don't like Ole Miss, um, but what's the Egg Bowl like? Uh, what, what is that kind of – what is that week of preparation and kind of atmosphere at school? But then also yeah. what's the Saturday feel like for you guys? It's – we call it hate week. And all around campus and then what we have in the facility, we have all Ole Miss stuff. And we spit on the jersey as we walk into the field house. We – just it's it's a brutal like we it's a hatred and obviously watching the game y'all seen the fights that we've had on the fields just last year with them peeing on the field and then just karma bites them in the ass and missed the PAT and we win it I mean it is a brutal brutal environment oh gosh words can't really explain how much hatred we have for each other I mean it shows you that we spit on each other's jerseys all week we bust each other's cars I think oh I think one of our frats actually went up there one time the week before and just tp'd all the houses on their sorority and frat row I mean it's just some of it's love hate and some of it's just straight brutal hatred and that's rivalry I think that's what makes this rival so great is that it's got so much history and that there's so much fight in between it because it's not just the football. It's, it's all sports. Baseball, basketball, men's and women's softball. I mean, most rivalries like Alabama-Auburn, you only care about the Iron Bowl. For Ole Miss, Mississippi State, it is every single sport is a rivalry. Hey, hey we can talk baseball all you want, Tyler. That makes me park up hey. again because we're, we're really good in baseball. Let me ask you this, though. Obviously, your football team, that's your own fraternity, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's yeah. the guys you go to practice with every day. You yeah. spend all your time with in college. 
So that's your fraternity. But as a specialist, you know, there's also a specialist fraternity. Um, and I find myself at times like, you know, sometimes you might find yourself talking with the other team's kickers before the game while y'all are warming up. Yeah. If you have that uh, opportunity, yeah. some of them are really nice. Some of them may not be, but a lot of the ones I came across were really friendly. And it's because we all understand we're all part of this unique environment. You know, it's like being a, you don't understand what it's like to be a specialist unless you are one. And, and so you kind of have that shared experience that you can relate yeah. to people. Um, I, I remember that egg bowl game very well and watching the kicker. And I find myself Tyler at times, and this is ever since I started playing football and was a place kicker is for guys that haven't done me wrong or who seem to be on the outside, really good people. Even if they're on a rival team, honestly, I feel bad for them sometimes. Yeah. Can you, and now I don't know if you know the Ole Miss place kicker or not, but can you kind of take me through, did you have any of that emotion? Like, when he missed that PAT, did you feel bad for him at all? Or are you just lost in that moment? I, like, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I was lost in a moment for that 30 minutes of celebration. But then I was like, damn, I really feel bad for him. Because I've been there. I've missed the PAT before. We all have. It's, it's an awful gut feeling. And I'm, I think he's doing great. I think uh, the fan base didn't blame him too much. I think they really blamed that other guy. But – from that missed kick, we've got Mike Leach and uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss now. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Who knows? It, the best thing that ever could have happened to the SEC it, West. It just it, does not feel real. <laughs> it is unreal. But, you know, when you win big games, you get, you get big rings. So. Oh, whoa. So. He, he, had, he had to flex on us, Sandy. He, 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 he wanted to show what an, uh, an Arkansas guy, what it's like to have. I don't know if y'all, I don't know if Arkansas – uh, people have that, but maybe one day. You've maybe you've day. you've shooken Sandy. He is no longer. He's speechless right now because you just straight up flexed on him. I got I got my tax slayer bullring too with my other jerseys. <laughs> so he's over here just flexing on a Sandy yeah. G. Well, I was gonna ask you, how did you get those uniforms um, that are over your shoulder? Yeah. Did you have so, to fight someone for it, or were they? No, getting, so yeah. the white one, that's the Outback Bowl, and uh, they give you the bowl game jerseys no matter what, because they we get new jerseys every year. And then the maroon one, that was from the Alabama game in 2017, where we lost in the last minute when we were about to pull that amazing upset, and that was Military Appreciation Week, and so the number 17 is the. Uh, like American flag in metallic. And then they, they did me dirty that next year and put me at 93 because a scholarship quarterback won 17. So, hey, sometimes, sometimes you get the short end of the stick, yeah. but, but at least you get to take a nice game jersey yeah. home. Um, you know, where, where, where we played, uh, we are not given the jerseys. I have not gotten my high school jersey either yet. So I, I haven't seen my high school jersey either. So. <laughs> well, Coach Smith's not there anymore. So he, he's like, oh, I'll hook you up with it whenever you're, whenever this jersey's out. And he's gone now. So, unfortunately, I will not see that jersey. The, um, the year we left, they got names on their jerseys. They really did us dirty in high they, school. They got a lot of things nice after we <laughs> left. <so. laughs> yeah, they, but that's for another day. We're, 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 not, we're not bitter about that. That's we're not for, bitter at all. That is for another day. Um, but – Sandy, Sandy, I have to ask him. Did you ever have the chance to play in Fayetteville? I did. I did that uh, 2017 game. Okay. Did 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 they? What, he's always talking about this calling the pigs and stuff like that. Was it as good as he as he talks about, or is the cowbell better? Well, Drew, when I went to Fayetteville, there's about 500 people in the stands. And when <laughs> at Starfield, we have 83,000. Drew, so. that's why I tried to stop you from asking the damn question because I knew what he was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give it – it was a cold Saturday. Again, it was like 20 degrees and a 30-mile-per-hour wind. It was brutal. I, I didn't want to be out there, to be honest. I was ready for that game to be over with. But, yeah, the, something about the cowbells. You got to find – if you can find yourself on a Saturday night in Starkville, Mississippi, it's unbelievable. You're going to love the experience. Drew, let me, let me say this. Listen, Tyler's a nice kid, so I'm very glad he had the opportunity to play at Mississippi State when he did in a time where they were whipping our butts, all right? But let me tell you something. I had season tickets in Fayetteville for 11 to 12 years of my life, and not a damn time do I ever remember losing to Mississippi State, all right? So let's just get one thing straight. Losing to Mississippi State is more likely to happen than finding a straight person at Hendricks, Drew. You know this, so you know what that's like. I'm just defending my hogs here, but you're right. I mean, you guys played at Fayetteville at the worst possible time. No hog call. Uh, Connor played there. Oh gosh, they whooped up on us. Yeah, I think they did. They whooped up on us there when he was there too. Who hasn't, honestly, in the last three years? But at least, hopefully, y'all enjoyed the 
bus ride there. You got to see some it pretty was parts great of hospitality. campus. Great hospitality. Well, let me ask you more about the cowbell because uh, obviously it's a, it's a great thing that you see on TV. What's that feeling like um, just hearing those things go? I don't know how often it happens because I, I don't watch a ton of <laughs> Mississippi State games, but I'm assuming it's more than, it's uh, than the pick call. All four quarters, 60 minutes straight. I mean, I think they ranked our stadium one of the toughest to play in because of the cowbells. And that's why we've had so many upsets against LSU – Auburn we beat number four A&M at the time in 2017 I think it was too so it's a tough environment to play in and as a kicker I guess I'm so focused that during the time of like a kickoff or a field goal I'm not really hearing it but on the sidelines when the defense is out there my ears are ringing and then you hear all the fans the next day like having headaches and stuff I think one person had a concussion because they ruptured an eardrum or something. Something crazy has happened. So it's a it's a dangerous environment. Well, I gotta drop it down. You know, I love the SNL skit of Chris Christopher. Gotta have more cowbell. Gotta have more. Cow- I want more cowbell. More <laughs> cowbell. Um, what you, you guys play on the day after Thanksgiving, correct? Or is it we play on, on we we play on Thanksgiving. Okay, we you guys on, play on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we play the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. What what is that like? Because um. Obviously, you know, many, many people don't get to play on Thanksgiving unless you're a professional athlete, but you guys do. What's that kind of like? And do you miss having the days of being able to just do nothing and eat food and watch football? I I do. I'd say like the two biggest things I miss was the tailgating and the Thanksgiving. I'd never really got those two experiences really. And, but when you have all going to the thanks plan on Thanksgiving, you're the spotlight of that night. There's no other college football game playing that night. And so you have millions of people watching on ESPN. And so you have so much exposure and just – you don't really realize it till after the game of how many people. I think this year we had, I think, 6 million people watching. I think the year before when we had the five first-round draft picks, we had like 12 million people watch us. So it's ridiculous on the stats of how many eyes are watching you. And then with the not being able to tailgate, you have 200,000 people out there cheering you on when you're doing the dog walk. And it just gives you chills of seeing all those fans out there rooting for you. So I, I would say I missed it, but I would trade it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, so that's going to be a new opportunity for Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach this year. Obviously, Tyler, in your time, you had some head coaching turnover, although you got out just in time or honestly, maybe – uh, yeah. <laughs> too early because with Mike Leach coming in, obviously things are really exciting in Starkville. I know uh, Joe Moorhead was a popular offensive coordinator at Penn State before he came to Mississippi State. Obviously things didn't work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, how's general morale in Starkville right now about Mike Leach? Y'all got to be excited, right? We are excited. We're ready for it. I know COVID's kind of killed the mood a little bit, but I think when September rolls around, things are going to get crazy. I don't know what we're doing on fan situation yet, but it doesn't matter. We got a loud speaker system. We can bust some cowbells through that PA. Well, I would imagine that you'll probably will have fans outside too, ringing those bells. I, oh yeah. I, I do like that tradition that everyone gets their own cowbell. Uh, and I know you have your own. We'll probably ask you to ring that in a second. But <laughs> if I remember correctly, the SEC schedule is coming out today. They've already announced the week one games for each week opponent. Uh, yep. Arkansas gets Georgia. Let's go. We get LSU at uh, yeah, y'all get the defending national champions at home so, uh, at their place, right? I, I, I like that. I kind of like it because so LSU last year, no, two years ago, complained to the SEC that they didn't want to play us in the beginning of the year because we always beat them in the beginning of the year, and that's why we have now been playing them towards the end of the season. So I like this. It's, it's going to be an upset, upset in Death Valley week one. Call it right now. Drew, we got to clip this, right? Because his episode is going to be coming out later. Um, the, I'm calling that, it right now. Yeah. We got to yeah, clip this and put it out right away. Send it to Fine Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I got to say is I, I, I want to jump back real, quick, real fast to the Kiffin and, and Leach signings. Seeing them during the SEC things when they're pulling each other's mask and everything was really funny. Um, I think the Egg Bowl in that week, you know, obviously there's a lot of hate. Having those two guys yeah. going to make it make other people such as myself, someone who's obviously not invested in either Mississippi schools, maybe tune in a little bit because you've got two guys who um, one are characters and two run exciting offenses and um, excited to see what he does at a school like 
um, Mississippi State, especially Leach, you know, we've seen what he did at Tech and obviously at Washington State. Um, But I think it's going to be exciting, man, and I I look forward to it. Hopefully hopefully y'all's SEC schedule, which it will be easier in Arkansas, but hopefully this year will will go easier on you guys than it will at Arkansas. We got some tough ones. We got Georgia, obviously Alabama, but I think we're going to be all right. Who's your other East opponent? Georgia. And who else? Georgia, Vanderbilt, and uh, Kentucky, and then I think we draw Missouri too. Oh, poor guy. We got freaking Florida, dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> we got Florida. Georgia and Florida. Coach Mullen, my man. That's my man. Yeah, and you were talking about Felipe Franks earlier. He's at Arkansas now, graduate transfer. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously, I think morale's a lot higher. And uh, now, hey, now Arkansas fans, we love the guy we got. We love the way it's trending recruiting. But obviously, Mississippi State is starting at a higher level than Arkansas. So it'll take some time for us to climb up. But uh, obviously, I think both fan bases have reason to be excited. And honestly, it's kind of cool not to be able to play cupcakes this year. We're getting right yeah. into it, man. I mean, yeah. games are flying hot and heavy. We're playing good teams. No, no time for rest. It's going to be a ton of fun, and we'll see how it goes in terms of national champion. But, Tyler, let's, uh, let's get away from the football field for a little bit. Um, let's, let's go forward to 2021. Uh-huh. Y'all, just hypothetically, y'all are playing Alabama at home, and you finally, finally get the Crimson Tide. You finally beat them. Where is the spot to go after the game to celebrate? Ooh. All right. I, I, got, I got a couple answers on this one because we're going to hop around. If I was a freshman or sophomore, I'm going to Moe's, and we're going to go dance the night away. That's the, I, Moe's is like the 18 under bar. Like, if you're 18, or where, let's say you're 21 and under. 21 and under, my bad, because they let 18s in. I'm going to Moe's. But since I'm 21 up, I'm going to Two Brothers, and that's, what, that's the party. The Cotton District. It's about six or seven different bars on one little strip. It's the mini Sixth Street. <laughs> that's that's where it's at. Hey, Starkville is not a frat school anymore. We've been coming a bar school. There you go. Hey, man. It, so after the game, I'm sure uh, you guys obviously like to do, you know, whatever. Is there any guys in the locker room as well, especially after a win, that are just acting a fool, you know, doing something crazy? Are there any funny locker room stories you have? More so after a win, maybe even maybe maybe even after a practice. We have coaches smoking cigars in the locker room. We'll be smoking some cigars in the locker room every win. And there's some guys in there. It's like, you just played 60 minutes. How do you still have energy? And they're just jumping up and down and, like, banging their head across the room. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm a kicker. I barely played. And I'm tired of standing for 60 minutes. Like, I'm trying to sit down, get in the shower, get in the cold tubs, like, and relax and get me a beverage at the end of the night. But these guys, I don't can't remember who it was. It's the two D linemen. You know, D lines are been smashing their heads all day. And what they do in the locker room, they get the helmets back on, and we're running Oklahoma drill in the locker room because they're just so excited. I go, "What the hell are y'all doing?" And then you got the coaches and strength coaches of the meatheads just going crazy and nuts too. So, oh yeah, there's some there's some animals. There's some animals. I mean, I feel like after a win. It, you got to be a little excited about something. I remember back in our high school days, we used to be, we used to, you know, be playing music, dancing, um, but not, no Oklahoma drills. I mean, yeah, you get, you get the occasional Rockefeller running around with a helmet oh. on and shoulder pads, but no pants and his, <laughs> and his wiener hanging out. Um, but I'm glad we didn't have that. We didn't have any of those. <laughs> dude. We didn't have any of those. We just had some meatheads, some meatheads. So you talked about bars. What about uh, food and restaurant? Is there any like spots that you would go, you know, maybe on like a weeknight, maybe after a big win to grab some really good food out in Starkville? Drifters has the best cheesy fries. Cheesy fries with some bacon. And then they add a little smoked brisket on top of it too. That's the go-to. And honestly, all our bars have some great bar food. And so you can't go wrong. Really, in Starfield in general, you can't go wrong on any food. If you Starfield has got the best college town food in America, and then you so you can't go wrong with that. I would say Two Brothers though is the place to be. On a Sunday morning, you gotta go to Drifters and get uh, ten dollar unlimited towers of mimosa. That's the uh, that's the spot on Sunday brunch. 
And, and just to make sure, Tyler, we're, we're all over 21 here. No underage drinking, no, right? No, no, no underage. No <laughs> underage. We're 20, 21 in the state of Texas. <laughs> good, good, good answer. Good answer. Is there, was there a night? I, I, let me ask. Was there a night on, um, I don't know. I don't remember what you called it in Starkville that you just stuck out in your head and was memorable to you. Oh, I think one of the craziest nights, and this was in the summertime and summertime in college with the student athletes. It's fun. Cause it's just you and the athletes in this college town. There ain't no, there's maybe a couple of students taking classes or working, but for the most part in the summertime, June and July, it's all athletes. And so me and my roommate, Cody, you know, we lived at Haven 348, and we had that place rocking Thursday through Saturday. I think in a four-bedroom apartment, which one bedroom was locked, you couldn't even get in because only three people lived there uh, in a small, maybe 1,000-square-foot place. I think we had, like, 500 people. You, could, you were dick-swiping everybody to get to, some, to the fresh bar drink. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was cram-packed everybody's sweating because it's so hot and i'm surprised the floor didn't break because we had that thing rocking let me let me ask you this you're you're a division one football player at a big sec school um what's the uh what's the ladies like are they uh they i mean obviously you're a specialist i'm not digging i'm not you know saying that's a bad thing but you got the you know i'm assuming you got the student gear on yeah i got i got all the gear and everything but they probably think i'm just an equipment guy honestly I probably look like one of the equipment guys. I mean, I have my name on my backpack, so I get a little separation from, but they're like, oh, this white guy, probably just an equipment guy. He ain't an athlete. So, but I, I did the lady situation. There's some nice Southern bells out there. Some good five mu girls, some Zetas. I show some love. I, uh, the soccer team knows me pretty well. Maybe not the most proud about that, but they know me pretty well. Hey, that's it. I mean, Drew, come on as a kicker. The thing is, you know, we're not as tired as the I'm other players. I'm looking at my jeans. I got to find my jeans. So I feel like soccer girls, we'll make some good, some good kids out of it. Drew, this guy's got it. He knows the drill. You know, and Tyler, were at Hendricks, volleyball was the popular sport where, yeah. in fact, several of my fellow teammates have married volleyball girls in the past. But you, you hit on, man, soccer girl, that's the way to go. You know, you both got the legs going on. I mean, what better combination, right? Now, volleyball girls are nice, too. We got to. I respect the game. Exactly. The only well, problem for me is I'm 5'8". So, I mean. I'm, well, Sandy, he, uh, he, he's thinking about it both on and off the field. You know, soccer girls, they look good, you know, whatever. But they've also got big legs. So, they, so he's, trying to, he's trying to make his kid a kicker, my guy. You right. see what I'm saying? Oh, I, I you hear you. I hear you. you got to have him on the field, man. But, I mean, if he's a baller, you can make a little more money playing soccer if you're really good. So, and you're going to have a lot of developmental opportunities true. in Texas. So you, got, I mean, you got that chance too, but the, Tyler, I would imagine the thing is when you're walking around an SEC campus, you got to dress a certain way. I mean, I know you said you were wearing the backpack and you have your your name on. It has your number. Does it have your number on it? It's got our number and name Good. on them. So I I don't know how many flipping backpacks I got. I probably got about six or seven backpacks. I haven't bought. Actually, last week was the first week that I bought a pair of shoes in four years. Haven't had to buy any clothes. Got my gear on. Do you normally wear that stuff to class? Yeah, I I think I wear a Mississippi State shirt or pants every single day. I I literally have, and I just rotate it through laundry. I mean, I don't think I wear anything but Mississippi State. So, I mean, I I I would agree with that fact for the simple reason of obviously it being free stuff. But I am a Nike guy at heart, so wearing Adidas stuff would hurt me. Um, I'm I'm fortunate that I got out of Hendricks before we switched to Adidas because I don't think I could wear uh, Adidas. I was that too. I agree. I was a Nike guy, but Adidas shoe game is way stronger than Nike. Adidas shoe game is too strong. Let me pull out these Ultra Boosts that I got on right now. You tell me, Nike Nike don't make these clean cut shoes right here, man. All, all I gotta say is, is Nike's get these top, Nike's top dog. Alpha bounces. They're a little dirty. They're a little dirty, but Adidas. I won't lie. Adidas is nice. They're definitely second on the the leaderboard, but Nike is always number one. Nike will always be key. Just look at the professionals. You, you know what, why what, I don't like Nike? Nike. 
You know why I don't like Nike? Because their that? logo, after you wash it so much, the logo falls off. Adidas, the logo always stays on. Okay. But do, but That's do you quality. Understand? Quality. It might be quality, but, but Nike's thinking about advertisement. When this rubs off, what do I go do? I got to go buy another one. Spend more money. It's all about the dollar-dollar bills, uh, y'all. That, nah, nah. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, Drew. Disagree with that. Yeah, Drew, I got, I got to come to Tyler's defense. I was a Nike guy, too, uh, coming out of high school. We wore Nike. And when we moved to Adidas, I was like, cool, okay, we're getting away from Russell, which is nice. Now, the tight uniforms, that's something. Tyler looks like he can fit into his a little better than I could back in the day. I, I could easily fit into mine now after I lost weight. But, uh, dude, I, I agree with him, man. The Adidas shoes, man, our, our teammates, man, that's all they wore around school was the Adidas gear. And, you know, the po- most popular look for a football player, I think, walking around campus is the long sleeve shirt, the shorts. And the shoes, ankle socks. I mean, some freaks would wear the high socks and maybe slides or something or shoes. But, I mean, that was the look. And that's to let you know we're all business here. All I got to say, Adidas cares about their athletes. Nike, you, if you're not in Oregon, you're not getting the gear like you are at Adidas. That's all I got to say. I, I'm 100% Nike, so I, 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 will, I will agree I will, to I'm disagree, send you some gear. I'm going to send you some gear, <laughs> and I'm going to get your mind changed on that, all right? See, Tyler, that's not what he was telling you. Uh, he he actually, Drew actually loves Adidas. He was just hating on Nike, so you would say that. So you would send him gear. So I have to expose him real quick. That's <laughs> why he psychology. Doing. No, I'm just kidding. I, if you send me some, some – I got too much gear. I, I got too much. I'll send you some. <laughs> but Okay, so Sandy kind of touched base on this, talking about other sports. Was there a um, sport that you always went to? Baseball. Obviously in the Baseball. Easy. I mean, basketball, I always go to the basketball games, too, because in the wintertime, I would well, get done with team workouts probably about 4 or 5 o'clock, eat, go to tutoring, and then there would be a game at 8 o'clock, and I'll always pop in. So I always go to basketball games and then baseball games. and nothing like Duty Noble. Duty Noble is unbelievable. Obviously, best college baseball stadium in the nation, best college program, like one of the best, we can argue. It's just unbelievable. The atmosphere, you got the grills in the outfield, everybody just eating hamburgers, getting drunk on the out there. It's it's a good time. You get the loss. It's unbelievable. Unexplainable. I, I, I feel like Sandy would uh, disagree on that on that. Yeah, I, I I've been to an Arkansas baseball game and it's a it's a fun environment, but so you if you compare it to Duty Noble, it, it's it's a letdown. I, I get it, Tyler. I get where you're coming from. I would just say that my experiences are diluted because y'all spend all your time at Duty Noble. We, we kind of – we're half and half. We spend some time in Fayetteville. We spend most of our time in Omaha. I don't know if y'all have been there much of the time, but uh, that's I where think, we spend most of our uh, time. We went there the past two years. So uh, – I mean, honestly, if you play in the ACC, you probably spend a lot of time in Omaha. It's I like think, we have, what, 14 teams? And the, when the top 25 comes out, it's like almost yeah. every four, every team is in the top 25. I – I think we actually uh, – no, y'all swept us last year. Y'all always got our – No, but, I mean, y'all are really comp- – I mean, dude, honestly, in every school in the SEC West is really good at baseball. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It I is. Agree. I mean, in the East, too. That's it. It is. Hey, SEC, so, too. So, you, you were talking about, you know, getting in trouble with some soccer girls. Did you not go to any soccer games? I probably went to too many soccer games. <laughs> no many, such thing. Uh, Went to too many soccer games, cheering for too many numbers. I think that was the uh, that was the issue. Do you did you have to like have multiple signs and and have like people disguised as you holding up the different signs? <laughs> I should have. I I should have done something like that. I uh, you never want to date a girl on the soccer team and then a week later date a new girl on that same team. And, and, and but I, I would say that's not really my fault. That's your teammate's fault. Why would your teammate do that to you? Hold up. Oh, okay. So this actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Straight up happened. Straight up. Happened. I, I, I think I, I ended up dating like four soccer girls. One was back to back. Then we waited about six months, dated another one for a little bit. And then did another. Yeah. Oh, you got passed around more than the ball did. <laughs> Uh, I, I wouldn't say I, – I would say I was the one that, you know. He, he was the one kicking was, the ball. I was oh, yeah. kicking it. I was kicking I wasn't getting passed along. He, he was hopping I was the, the one breaking the hearts. They weren't breaking mine. Hey, he, you got to give it to him, man. A specialist pulling game, you got to love it. 
You gotta kickers, love it. Like kickers that. got game. I, I don't get why people think we don't. We we low key do. I, I'll say this. I, I know some years that got game. My my whole basis is based off of Sandy. Sandy ain't got no game. Oh, Sandy don't get that he, fix. He transferred uh, at the wrong time. Uh, but hey, I mean that's true. Like total frat move a long time ago did their like hottest girlfriends in the SEC, and they got through like Tennessee's linebacker had a smoke show. You know these quarterbacks have ones. They're like out of nowhere. You'll know this name, Tyler Elliot Fry. They was like Elliot Fry brings a gun to a knife fight, like with his girlfriend, who they're now married. Zach Hawker, Arkansas's former kicker, married Miss Arkansas. Yeah. I think it's just something about kickers, man. That's all it is. And the ladies like like someone who's no ego or anything, you know, just down to earth, chill. I mean, that's you know, you know what they about. say about you know what they say about kickers, right? We got big Oh my gosh! I need to. I need to leave. This. This is getting a little too specialist for me. I mean, there's a reason why we make those long field goals. You gotta put a little extra on it. It's, it's called practice. Practice. <laughs> um, Tyler, let me ask you this: um, What's the what's the best spot to take a girl on a date, Adam Starkville? Like, what's the nicest restaurant out there? Ooh, ooh. Or even what what is a what is a date like for yourself the, out in the, Starkville? The Starkville girls love a good sushi date, and so I would say Umi's Umi's. You can't you think Mississippi and sushi don't go together, but they they make some good sushi over there in Mississippi. So Umi's is a good spot. Uh, oh gosh, where is this other place that I can't think of right now? It's killing me. Well, well, to 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 let you think a little bit i don't know what it is but every single time we we ask someone you know a kind of a similar question a sushi spot is one of the top you know places that people hit on and i don't get it because i mean i well maybe it's because i don't like sushi that's probably why i don't get it but um i, I feel like sushi is one of those spots where it, it hits anywhere you are in the country you i i just don't when i was timid at first to go to this place called umi's because sushi in mississippi again just doesn't feel like that adds up but once I did, they had phenomenal California rolls, salmon rolls. Uh, what else? They had this crawfish one that was unbelievably good. Always got to have that crawfish in Mississippi. Fried rice, phenomenal. Uh, it's just, it hits. Sushi hits. Man, I mean, the girls I just, love it. The girls love it. I, so that's the number one reason to do anything on yeah. this planet is just because hey, if the girls like it, we'll do it. I just can't believe I'm marrying a guy from Capel, you know, in Dallas, barbecue capital of part of the United States. We have several capitals, but great barbecue there. You know, if you go to Mississippi, Mississippi's a lot like Arkansas. You get the Delta region and stuff. I mean, catfish, catfish, catfish. That's what, that's one thing us and the Mississippians can agree on. So if you catfish find you a girl that likes that stuff. Catfish Exactly. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Exactly. I mean, I know we that. Got, we, got, we got a good place in Starkville called Little Dewey's in that place. I think every it's been on Food Network too many times, and they have all their pictures of Guy Fury or whatever his name is. He's always there. He pops along. That place has the best barbecue, best crawfish, and best catfish that I've ever had. That's the holy trio. Yeah, that's, it is. That's why we do life. Uh, Tyler, we're going to wrap it up here. We do this with every person that we interview. We ask a question at the end, and just hearing your story about women's soccer, I think we're going to get the best answer yet out of all the guys we've asked. So, um, Drew, I want you to do the honor. This is your high school teammate. I want you to hit him with our question. All right, Tyler. Is the coach's daughter off limits to date? Now, it doesn't have to be the oh, head coach. Oh, no, no. Oh, I've got a great story on this one. Oh, there's actually a girl that is a coach's daughter uh, on the football team. She's very uh, beautiful. She's uh, very uh, she's very beautiful and she is not off limits. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm just gonna leave it there. All right, so that answers that question. I'm just gonna leave it there. Um so okay, wow, I did not expect that answer. Um let's go ahead and move on to the next it's a it's a two parter question basically. The next one is a teammate's sister off limits. You know, someone in the locker room obviously with you, are they off limits? They probably are, but we joke about it not being off limits, but we always like to flirt around and just drive people a little nuts. I know I, I know I have, I know my roommate has with one of the other guys on the specialist squad. We, uh, 
We like, we just like to flirt. There ain't nothing wrong about flirting. You're going to get a lot of guys in trouble with that. <laughs> hey, just because you're on a diet doesn't mean you can't look at the menu. Let that sink in for a little bit. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Man, thank you for coming on. We had a blast. I know Sandy loved having you on, being a, a fellow specialist. Uh, it was a great time getting to talk to a Mississippi State guy. Uh, we want you to ring the cow, cowbell at least once before we end oh, the show. We'll go, we'll go quiet here. There's the cowbell. There you go. I know that I know that hurts Sandy's heart right now listening to it. But, again, thank you, Tyler, for coming on. Sandy, do you have any last words, sir? This man's a savage. Intra-specialist, intra-K-squad dating. Oh, my gosh. Flirting. Oof. Don't hate the game. Hate the player. I, th- dude, it's a no wonder Tyler was kicking in the SEC. you got to have that mindset to play. Yeah. you got to have that mindset to be in the biggest moments, and he's got it. No surprise. Sandy, Sandy, let me ask you this real fast. Would you say after listening to Tyler's story that he's got water dong? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate that, guys. I appreciate that. appreciate y'all having me on and that'll do it for our episode with tyler smith uh that was a ton of fun honestly probably the most fun i've had on our interview so far maybe it's because he's a place kicker maybe it's just because of his personality maybe it's because he's another capel guy like my guy drew so i don't know whatever it is that was a ton of fun he shared some stories that i didn't even think we'd get like drew said in the intro so just awesome to be able to talk to someone who is as enthusiastic as that so if you enjoyed this episode, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And do not forget to follow us on Twitter or TikTok and or TikTok at Splitting Ups. There we post daily content and it's a great way for our listeners to be able to interact with us on a regular basis. So make sure to go find us on those platforms.